I'd call it a naughty stash. I don't mean a naughty stash in the way many have described my mustache. Getting up there in age. So a dirt stash. Dirt stash. Ooh, I think that's a hot takeover Donald with Peoples Jones. Yeah, he's a man of the peoples, just not, not our kind of peoples. Trying to look forward into the future and see if this is someone you want to roster next year. Christmas whiffs. A lot of the, the details that, you know, I don't have in front of me, you have them right off the top of your head. You're like an encyclopedia, man. Yeah, well, that's about what I'm guaranteed in life. Has to be witty. Might be Christmas-related. You know, something where you just keep pushing the hope forward. It sounds good as well. On the naughty list. Yep. But I like it. I'd be worried. Welcome back to the Dynasty Wire. This is your host, Iowa, a.k.a. Nick James. I am no Saint Nick, but I come bearing gifts, gifted to you as usual. True Saint in every sense, Henry St. Clair. Quite the introduction as always. Guess I'm a Saint, but I come bearing no gifts. Were you gifted any wins in the playoffs this weekend? Definitely was. Wish I could make jokes about it being from you, but don't think we played anywhere. Likely because we're on the opposite ends of uh, the playoff bracket. I enjoyed a buy in a percent of my leagues, though. Basically half of them are fighting for their life this week, and fantasy players alike are also fighting for their lives as they try to sort out what's going on. Yeah, definitely have a couple buys. Very thankful for those buys with how poorly a lot of the players played this week. Yeah, and a lot of guys you might have played the slightly less confident play just to be able to know that this person is going to go on the COVID list tomorrow because something the vast majority of the teams are dealing with as far as players going down on COVID, but it's giving us a glimpse at some players we might not have gotten a glimpse at otherwise, and that's why we're here today. We previously did quarterbacks and running backs for the fringe guys, whether you want to hold on to them or let them go in stash or trash. So today we have, by many other names, a similar exercise with wide receivers and tight ends. Before we get into these was there any quarterbacks or running backs that we hadn't discussed that might have popped up over the last couple of weeks? Of course, Tyler Huntley had an excellent game this week. Put up five total touchdowns, believe, against the Packers. No picks thrown. He's a very mobile quarterback, and that's great for fantasy. He played well as a whole. And at running back, we had Craig Reynolds of the Detroit Lions. He put up all right points last week, but luckily if you played him, he didn't disappoint you. And then Duke Johnson Jr., former Cleveland Brown, Houston Texan, probably some other teams in there, but he is on the Dolphins now and usurped Miles Gaskin and put up a decent fantasy week. I'm curious to see if he actually usurped Gaskin or if Gaskin coming fresh off the COVID, they're like, okay, no, you haven't been practicing and you're recovering from sickness. We're going to roll with the guy who's been at practice all week. And then maybe Duke Johnson is a trap. Someone a lot of people will play next week who could fall right back down as far as the depth chart. That'd be interesting for people to be rolling with Duke Johnson this late in the playoffs. Hope if you're this late in the playoffs that you got something better than Craig Reynolds or Duke Johnson. But if you made me pick between the two, I probably would go Craig Reynolds. Mm. So as far as looking forward to like next year, would either one of these be a stash for you 
Or would they both be trash or what? Definitely trash on Duke Johnson. He was all around this season. I remember he had a stint in Jacksonville where I don't even think he saw the field mm-hmm. and couldn't find a contract in the offseason. He was in that girly Adrian Peterson tier running backs waiting around for a job. Finally got one, handled 22 carries for over 100 yards. That's great that there's guys that can do that off the streets, but unfortunately he might be back on the streets this offseason. Duke Johnson's kind of had a fan base for a long time, just never getting unlocked in Cleveland. Well, he showed basically traits from anything you want from a running back in this game and was subsequently signed to the roster. So he's probably going to be a Dolphin for the rest of the year, I would guess, at least at this point. So a little bit of Duke. Now, as far as Craig Reynolds, I don't know what the deal is there. He's also signed to the roster. So it sounds like we're going to see some more of Craig Reynolds. So, you know, if you were looking for a Craig to cheer for in the NFL, well, you have one now. As far as for next year, yeah, I'm not sure I want to hold on to either one. If it's a super deep league, I'd probably rather hold Duke Johnson than Craig Reynolds on the end of my bench. I feel like Craig Reynolds is just only because he's there right now. It's not like <laughs> it's not like he's taking Swift's job. Yeah, uh, Craig Reynolds, I think, can escape Detroit in the offseason, probably, which gives me a little more hope for the future in him over Duke Johnson, simply because Duke Johnson's 28 years old, and you don't, unless your name is Cordero, Patterson, you don't typically break out at age 30 at running back. You mentioned it earlier, Tyler Huntley in the playoff hunt. Lee absolutely blew up this week. This was in place of Lamar, who missed. Do you think Tyler Huntley is a stash as far as going forward? I've always kind of wanted to stash him. I remember there was a week where I had a rash of players going to IR. I picked up Huntley, and you shot me a DM or something that was like, Huntley? Really? Why? I was like, I don't know. I got to get a body on my team. But beyond that, if any quarterback in the league, if you had to guess who's going to suffer a lower body injury or an injury period, it would probably be Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, a mobile quarterback because they take more hits in theory. And so I see Lamar's backup, see all their backups and think to myself, well, this guy has a very similar play style to Lamar. We saw him in preseason do very well, and in college, he put up good tape at Utah. Thought there was a good chance, and definitely seems like a good stash. I like it. He was undrafted from last year, so he's only in his second season. So if your taxi allows it for next year, he could be a potential taxi stash, especially if you have like a Lamar. Lamar's injury was something that occurred in and around the pocket. So it's not even like it was a, oh, because he was scrambling, he got hurt injury. It was an injury that could have happened to anybody. But when you're looking at these backup quarterbacks, as far as quarterbacks that aren't starters that are still worth rostering, it's a pretty small list. We talked about it on the previous pod, but one of those things you look for in your backup quarterback, if he's going to be worth sitting on the end of your roster, is he going to be worth starting if the starter goes down? It's not the best move to stash Mike Glennon and hope that can stick your neck out there as long as he does and in the end come out with a quarterback who's worth playing. With like Tyler Huntley, and we were talking off air, brought up like Mariota and uh, even even Minshew kind of, but if they offer some kind of ability to run on the ground, then that's kind of what you're looking for. Because if they were like some kind of savant elite passer, they probably wouldn't be a backup quarterback somewhere. 
So if you're looking for a trait in a backup quarterback that's going to be viable for fantasy, it's the rushing upside. And I think you have that with Huntley also as a bonus being taxi eligible. Definitely what you look for in a backup. Uh, that and ambiguous quarterback situations where the starter's kind of on shaky ground. That's a big reason why many people drafted Heineke in the offseason was Fitzpatrick came in. Reports at a training camp were a mixed bag. It took him a while to name him their starting quarterback, and Heineke had been there. And we saw in the postseason that he actually has some wheels on him as he showcased Old Dominion in college as well. He had a good list of backups there. There's a good point to be made about not wanting necessarily a mobile or a pocket passing quarterback as your cuff or as a bench piece. Mm-hmm. Because if Zach Wilson goes down or you think Zach Wilson might get benched or pulled or something, do you really want to be playing Joe Flacco? I know I don't. No, it's because you want to play Mike White. Yep, Mike White, definitely. <laughs> I'd love playing that guy. Speaking of Mike White, is there any worry with like Tyler Huntley where, you know, Mike White comes out, holy cow, he threw a great percentage. Holy cow, he threw some touchdowns. And then shortly afterwards, he's getting benched because he's obviously not that great. Do you think there's any risk like that with Tyler Huntley? Or is him just being more of an athlete kind of give him a safer floor? Him being an athlete is definitely a benefit versus Mike White. Mike White, you know, obviously an athlete, but he was in Dallas the same time that they had Cooper Rush and they chose to keep Cooper Rush over Mike White. That doesn't tell you something about Mike White. I don't know what what will. Well, as we transition into what we are doing for today, you don't have to necessarily take guys that are scoring you zero every week and hoping the starter goes down when you get to the wide receivers. You know, there's 96 wide receivers that are top three on their team every week, excluding by or if they're on the naughty list, aka the COVID list. Uh, So today we'll identify some of the wide receivers that are rostered between 20 and 60% of Dynasty Leagues on sleeper, given like the kind of range. And of these guys, some of them are going to be on your waivers, they're going to be on the end of your bench, and you're looking at guys on waivers, wondering whether you should cut them, trying to look forward into the future and see if this is someone you want to roster next year. So we're going to go through these, and previously we called it stash or trash, and I don't know. It's not necessarily these players are trash. It just depends on whether you want to roster them or not. So for this one, we have a variety of names as I polled the group to find as far as descriptions for whether to keep or cut these players in a variety of creative ways. So starting off here, I want to mention Marquez Callaway. At the end of last year, I played this basically exact same exercise with myself and Marquez Callaway had two good games last year right around their bye and did nothing at the end of the year, but he was on a ton of the end of benches going into this season just because an ambiguous wide receiver core who knew what was going to happen We knew we liked his athletic measurables, even though he didn't have draft capital, so it's not like he was rostered a whole lot, but he's someone who was on a ton of my teams going into this season, and someone who has outperformed that no-value threshold. Is there anybody who you see this year who could be something like that for next year? I don't know if uh, I'm willing to call my shot on an undrafted guy that comes into a different situation, but there's definitely some interesting names or rookies. I guess Nick Westbrook-Akeen would fall into that undrafted category, although he'd be going into his third year next year. Seen a couple of rookies, later round guys, Flash, Anthony Schwartz, uh, Josh Palmer, Thielen Wallace even. Yep, and when a wide receiver doesn't produce in their first year, especially if there weren't someone who you were drafting 
drafting the first two rounds of your rookie drafts. They're likely going to be half on rosters and half on waivers, depending on how big your leagues are. So they're uh, out there if that's something you want to invest in. Someone who a lot of people like, who I just I just don't have any shares of. I'm curious your opinion. Donovan Jones. Not just Donovan Jones. Donovan the People's Jones. I liked him relatively coming out because Michigan doesn't have the greatest quarterback. It seemed like he had length, which can't be taught, and speed, and decent hands, but a big target for sure. And then his work ethic kind of got questioned. There were a couple of those comments made at the combine, and you heard leaks from coaches and stuff, and he slipped in the draft because of it. And saw it tonight, a couple bad drops. Doesn't seem to have the kind of killer instinct of a wide receiver. Yep, and if you didn't catch it there, we're recording this in the middle of the night after the Monday night games. What we just witnessed this weekend was Gabriel Davis, third week in a row with a touchdown. He's someone who's he's pretty much rostered in every league there, but someone who's coming on hot here at the end of the season. Same deal with like Marquez Valdez, Scantling, MVS. He had an awesome week this weekend as well, and he's occasionally been out there off and on all season. Do you think he's a, uh, a hold or a fold for next year definitely a fold uh, i want to talk about unrealized potential marquez valdez scanling he's got arguably the best passer of the football ever in aaron Rodgers, and the only reason that he's ever fantasy relevant is he hits a skinny post up the middle catches it down the seam and runs 70 yards to the house if he can get the ball in his hands in space he can outrun people but doesn't really create separation or consistently catch the ball so if lazard's out if Devontae goes down for any period of time he's okay but he's dang near 28 already and might be losing rogers so definitely a fold for me yeah he's someone i you know still hold out a little bit of hope for he's not someone i'm really cutting in just about any league unless there's just something that shouldn't be dropped on waivers but like you said there this could be another one of those wide receivers where rogers makes them relevant and they're irrelevant otherwise Uh, you mentioned josh palmer and josh palmer's been doing well recently do you have a opinion on whether he actually becomes worth playing next year i mean he's pretty much on every roster i think i picked him up maybe a handful of leagues that are a little bit more shallow from being dropped but is this something you're looking at he was definitely a surprise pick during the draft by the chargers third round capital from tennessee and again let's talk about a poor collegiate quarterback he definitely had one at tennessee as any volunteer fan will let you know but he's the wide receiver three in town there for Los Angeles, Mike Williams probably gone after the season. Fifth uh, year option and no extension. So Keenan Allen and then the third round capital investing Palmer makes him more interesting to me than Jalen Guyton or any other option they have there. Last year, fifth round pick Joe Reed and seventh round pick KJ Hill probably lurking there somewhere, but I would bet on Palmer of the bunch. KJ Hill, that's a name. Ohio State. Yep, definitely one of those Haskin names. It was KJ Hill, Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin. Well, we're going to see drafted early in drafts next year two other wide receivers from Ohio State. Look forward to talking about that. This year's rookie, one we haven't mentioned, is Amari Rogers. If we don't like MVS in the spirit of Christmas, is Amari Rogers cash or coal? Definitely cash. He's a rookie, so he's young for Dynasty, which is awesome. Then he's got decent draft capital, I want to say third or fourth round by the Green Bay Packers. 
He's the Randall Cobb replacement. He's going to be a slot guy. There was some interesting connection between Rogers' father and Cobb, or Cobb's father and Rogers, where one of them was the other one's wide receiver coach at one point, and they really have a lot of respect for each other. So getting to learn one year from someone that he's known his whole life is certainly only beneficial, you would imagine. And then it's been interesting seeing him out there on punt returns, because earlier in the year he was on punt return duty, and he muffed a couple. You turn on pack games and you're like why are they muffing punts since a rookie and you're like okay Ricky punt returner but then they get Randall Cobb or he got healthy whatever it was and he starts returning punts does a fine job and then I Cobb missed this week or last week and it's another Marty Rogers muffed punt so that gives me a little bit of worry that he might not stick around on the roster if he keeps making blunders but to get him off special teams and get him a role in the offense see he can do something such a shame they finally draft a wide receiver for Rogers and they draft someone who they think he'll like be like we even picked someone with the same last name as you and nope maybe not working out as we might have planned one other wide receiver in that that wide receiving group there is is Alan Lazard. Not super old yet or anything. Iowa State product undrafted. Is this something where, especially if like Rodgers or maybe even Adams leaves, is this something you're excited about next year? Would you call this uh, naughty, a naughty stash or a nice stash? I'd call it a naughty stash. He's <laughs> getting up there in age. I don't mean a naughty stash in the way many have described my mustache, but <laughs> I, mean, and, uh, I think there are other guys I'd prefer to have on my team. Same reason as MVS, really. He's tied to Rodgers, and if Rodgers has a five-touchdown game, awesome. Maybe he gets one. Maybe it's a 70-yard bomb. But for the other three weeks of the year, for the other two out of three weeks that Rodgers doesn't throw for five touchdowns, you're likely disappointed. So a dirt stash. Dirt stash, yeah. (laughs) He had that decent game here lately, but I remember in a startup last year, it was really presumed, and actually this must have been two years ago, it was widely assumed that he would become the wide receiver two in Green Bay, that he would line up outside of Devontae Adams, which has been the case. Uh, he's 6'5", 230, so he's got the size. People think red zone target for uh, Rodgers, and it winds up being Tunyon that is really the beneficiary of those touchdowns. And Lazard has not done a ton, even with Tunyon gone. Hasn't done a ton, Um <laughs> Definitely not worth it for me. Yep, we'll see if even Tunyon returns. But yeah, Lazard, I wouldn't have a problem saying that he's a dirt stash. He's going to be kind of hard to drop, but at the same time... Not real confident in what his future outlook is like. Someone who we haven't had a confident outlook in their future is Traquan Smith. And here and there, barely viable throughout this year. Is he someone still worth holding on to? How shallow is the league going to have to be for you to cut Traquan Smith? Have to be very, very shallow for me to have to cut him. He's someone I'm not nearly as confident in holding as some of these other guys we might get to there, but hadn't broken out at all initially, and then this year, meh. I I hope they potentially draft somebody or they bring in a free agent. I don't know if Michael Thomas is coming back, but if it's Taysom Hill throwing him the ball next year, that's not something very exciting either. So, I don't know, kind of murky with Traquan Smith, someone I'm not necessarily dropping, but... Now someone I'm going to be aggressively targeting in the offseason this year. I don't even 
believe that he's under contract with New Orleans next year. So I almost have no interest in Traquan Smith, especially, like you said, uh, Taysom Hill to get the contract extension has a quarterback clause in the contract. So that'll be a topic of much debate this offseason. But don't care for any targets of his, just like I don't want any eagles on my team. I think this next one is a trash, or if I were to use uh, something else like a smash or a pass, it would be a pure pass for me with Sammy Watkins. But what do you think? Former top 10 pick at a Clemson 2014 draft, I believe. He flashed in Buffalo, Los Angeles. Kansas City. Don't really love him being with the Ravens right now because of Bateman and Marquise Brown, but will be elsewhere next year. Probably not your greatest option. Uh, Same class as Odell, I'm pretty sure. So he's not over the age of 30 just yet, but he's definitely getting close. And he won't be a wide receiver one, probably not a two anywhere. I like it. One more wide receiver that isn't necessarily super young, like a lot of the next guys coming up. I just want to pull out of this group is Josh Reynolds. Has kind of been flashed a little bit recently. Do you think he's someone who you should cherish or someone who should perish? <laughs> I'll cherish Josh Reynolds <laughs> like many people did this offseason. There was more hope for him during draft season. Uh, one of those late round flyers that many people had and subsequently cut this year when the Titans did. It was thought that he could be the number two behind A.J. Brown when they got him in a free agency. And then they trade for Julio and draft Des Fitzpatrick, who they also waive, and Racy McMath as well, just for it to be Nick Westbrook and Keen. But Josh Reynolds, since landing in Detroit, has found a rapport with his former quarterback in Los Angeles and Jared Goff. And if Reynolds gets some sort of extension in Detroit, he could play a prominent role in the offense. Well, Des Fitzpatrick was relegated to the practice squad and then elevated when uh, this rash of injuries occurred and then to the COVID list. So... He's another one on the on the naughty list. I'm not sure there's a long list of wide receivers who became productive after being relegated to the practice squad in their rookie year, but he's someone who I still have at least a little bit of hope for. If I'm scanning through guys, I'm dropping like Tevin Coleman to stash Des Fitzpatrick. Definitely. I'll tell you someone who uh, probably got put on the practice squad his rookie year was Travis Fulgham. Yep. He was undrafted, if I remember correctly. He was. He had quite the interesting story when he became uh, nationally known. I think it had something to do with them playing on primetime or the unique name or his massive size but that's one of those guys where when you're stashing wide receivers and you're like should i stash this guy or a backup quarterback who's young it really shows that i'm not holding that many wide receivers well des was picked in the early fourth round i had to double check because it just doesn't seem right but yeah early fourth round and didn't even make it to the season before he was put uh moved down to the practice squad but someone who was taken in the fifth round was a mere Smith Marset. Yeah, he made a catch tonight or two, and then he had drop, but Thielen obviously won't play forever. If he were to go down and then, you know, it's Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne and maybe Amir Smith Marzette if they play three wide receivers with the injury to Irv Smith and an ambiguous two tight end set, which they love to run. Not great. 
personnel there right now. So if you like hyphenated guys between Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, maybe even Nick Westbrook-Akeen, I'll take Amir Smith-Marzette over those three. Ooh, I think that's a hot take over Donovan Peoples-Jones, at least versus consensus, but I like it. Yeah, I'm not in love with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, he's a man of the peoples, just not not our kind of peoples. Thielen is just over 31 years old, so there is that at least hanging out there. Uh, but Irv Smith coming back, if he plays like a lot of the slot, I don't know. Amir Smith-Marset, ISM, still super young, so this is something where it could be a couple of years. He could still break out, and he wouldn't be old for doing it. Another rookie from this class he mentioned earlier, Anthony Schwartz, on the same team as Donovan Peoples-Jones. Someone I like as far as his is athletic measurables he's uh, tall enough and fast enough to where maybe this could be something cool he hasn't been yet but to me he's something i i want to hold on to to next year something i would retain rather than return like an unwanted christmas gift I thought you were going the route of retain or detain. <laughs> no, he does not need to be detained. He hasn't done anything uh, harmful yet. What about unobtained? It sounds good as well. Yeah, it, it was much easier to acquire Anthony Schwartz all offseason than it will be to unobtain him in the offseason this year. Yeah, him and Demetric Felton seem to be playing similar roles where Felton lines up in the backfield more than Schwartz does, but they've both been used kind of on kick and punt returns and in the slot when they've had problems with Beckham, obviously no longer on the team, Landry's been dinged. So they're moving guys around and seems as if Schwartz has fallen out of favor. Yeah, and it's not super easy to get a gauge on it when they've got a rotating people on and off of COVID IR, but Anthony Schwartz, something I'm still stashing and hoping for improvement in the future. Another one of those guys that is still pretty young, even for a rookie. I'll stash him just because the age and the draft capital, but I don't love having a wide receiver on the Browns, any offensive weapon on the Browns that's not a running back has been problematic the last couple of years, haven't been able to play. Landry was their best wide receiver last year with Beckham missing the entire season. Still was barely top 36, I think. Yep. Jalen Darden, also in this class, I think has become interesting with the injuries to Mike Evans and then Chris Godwin. I like it. Tyler Johnson, too. Mm-hmm. Is someone also who I'm more excited about. Granted, Tyler Johnson, more likely to be owned than Darden, but also Darden, someone who was a, even a pre-draft favorite of anyone who uh, studies the college game at all, who wasn't included initially in the first batch of rookies that Sleeper released. So he instantly got his name known by those who had never heard of him before, just based on that fact alone. But, yep. I like Darden too. He's another one of those guys that has that kick and punt returnability and then hopefully can translate into being a a wide receiver in the NFL, though we haven't seen much of it so far. He's been a healthy scratch here and there, but him like Anthony Schwartz and Demetrik Felton have those traits you look for. Yeah, he was a jitterbug fourth round pick out of North Texas, the green mean. Measured a little low on everything including 40 time people thought he was going to run almost a tenth of a second faster his 58 174 i think he was listed at like 510 190 in college played on 55 percent of snaps last week he had three targets didn't come down with any of them um i think he was drawing like Lattimore by the end of it so that kind of explains a little bit of the struggles but if 
Godwin is going to miss significant time of next year with that knee injury. And Antonio Brown may not return after the season. He's getting up there in age. They're going to need Mike Evans and possibly Darden on the outside and Tyler Johnson in the slot for Godwin. I'm curious to see how that shakes out, especially for the rest of the season. Antonio Brown could be a league winner for sure. We were talking about it immediately in the chat as it happened there. And that's because other people are getting hurt. And I've got three guys for you here. Okay. All three of them on on IR. And I want to know whether you would consider these Christmas gifts or garbage gifts Mm, christmas whiffs (laughs) either good christmas gifts or garbage whiffs or however you would like to translate it (laughs) but i have uh three ir guys for you here kj hamler paris campbell quintez cephas are any of these guys christmas gifts well i liked kj hamler coming out because he was very very fast out of penn state he's a 5'9", 170-something guy. It's kind of Marquise Goodwin measurables. But he has been injured, much like Marquise Brown and Marquise Goodwin, who I actually meant to say. But they signed the extensions to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton with Jerry Judy there in town. So it seems very unlikely to me that he'll have a significant role to matter. He'll be an Andy Isabella, potentially a former second round pick who just falls by the wayside. Quintez Cephas for me, less interesting because he's on the Lions and he had a very slow 40. He's been able to make some red zone plays as he is very big, but it's the Lions and they've got to figure something out in that wide receiver core. He was like a fifth round pick out of Wisconsin. Not a huge fan. Paris Campbell, out of the three if you made me pick would be my stash second round draft capital i think in 2019 maybe even 2018 at this point it's been so many years of injury it's hard to keep track <laughs> just hurt all the time just hurt all the time but he was a big reason why dwayne haskins got taken in the first because he could take a five-yard slant take an 80 yards to the house in college and when he's been healthy in the pros which has been like one week a season he's managed to put up good fantasy days because he's a good player i personally believe in his quarterback and that team a little more than most but they've got Hilton gone after the season more than likely and then it's Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal who's probably gone after the year so he could still somehow have a fourth year breakout yeah something where you just keep pushing the hope forward all three of these guys from Big Ten KJ Hamler and Campbell are at least fast so you have that going for him like you said Quintus Cephas slow 40 time big guy not necessarily fast doesn't have draft capital yeah if my IR fills and I have to cut one of them to pick up somebody else. It's going to be Cephas. It's going to be the first one I'm going to cut out of these three. Yep, Paris Campbell and Hamler, especially being IR eligible, both guys I'm still holding on to and stashing. If you don't have like IRs, I still think each of them have a chance to be good next year. Uh, moving forward, another guy who might be on your IR, though he is not on the NFL's IR, is Deontay Harris. <laughs> Uh, I know it was legal things and whatnot with him. I mean, like, he's had some good games this year. Do you think he's going to be anything next year? Believe him to be 5'6", 155, which is beyond anti-prototypical. It's just bizarre to see him succeed on the NFL field, but he excels on speed, and he's a vertical threat, which doesn't pair very great with the New Orleans offense and their quarterback situation. 
I think he's even getting a little up there in age relative to some of these rookies, but not a stash for me. One more for you here. A major disappointment, pretty much any way you slice it, Denzel Mims. Do you think there's a chance that he can resurge his career in year three next year? Yeah, there's definitely a chance. I mean, he's got a great quarterback. <laughs> Just a matter if he can get out on the field. Similar measurables to Darnell Mooney. He got late second-round capital. People always think it's first because it was the Jets, and they think Jets' first round or second-round pick should have been early, but it was their second, second-round pick. 6-3, ran a 4-3, That's what you look for, and you just hope that the rest can get figured out. Keelan Cole, gone after the year. Berrios, I think, is gone after the year. And then it's just Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Denzel Mims. I think uh, Crowder gone after the year as well. So you expect Corey Davis to be the X and Elijah Moore probably to prototype more as a slot. And so if Denzel Mims can become the Z receiver there, he'd have relevance. Man, I really thought that was going to happen this year. I still have some hope for Mims. He was dropped in frustration in a handful of leagues. And each of these, I tried to go ahead and pick him up and stash him just because at least the ceiling there is someone with draft capital, tall, fast. You know what I mean? Like these are some of the things it's a limited commodity of traits in wide receivers available, especially on waiver wires to pick up. So he's someone I like to stash there for sure. Uh, someone else who has some draft capital is Nikhil Harry. Is this guy someone you're wanting to pump up or someone you want to dump? Definitely someone that I'll pump. Um, he kind of gave a slight to Cam Newton by saying... Y'all think I'm a bust. Look at the quarterback I have throwing to me, which oddly he's not the first wide receiver to say that. The great Kelvin Benjamin kind of called out Cam Newton and maybe even Devin Funches back in the day. That it's hard to succeed when you don't get looks. And he hasn't proven to be a great separator, but he can go up and win 50-50 balls, which we saw him do in the Colts. Um, Colts Patriots game this week caught a long target. He has some weird plays where he'll miss a blocking assignment or inexplicably fumble or drop something. But former first round pick, if he could escape the Patriots, I think he'll be better for fantasy. That is apparently he run blocks well, so it might be the reason why he still has a job. <sighs> He's a big guy. Yeah, he's a big guy who's not necessarily super fast. Kind of worried. I'd be worried. Whether he'll ever actually materialize anything or whether he'll go like the Devin Funchess route and become a tight end. Man, I don't even remember the Devin Funchess tight end is. I do remember Calvin Benjamin tight end is, but maybe I'm crossing <laughs> my wires. What, Laquan Treadwell and who else was in that class? Corey Coleman, Laquan Treadwell, and Josh Doxson. So holding on to first-round receivers is not always a great move, right? You could be holding Josh Doxson for five years, but, man, it sure beats holding some of these other guys for me. So I'd I'd hold Nick Heel. You think, like, Terrace Marshall is going to be in that category? I sure hope not. <laughs> You said Laquan Treadwell. He's one of the last guys on the list here, but draft capital, tiny bit of opportunity, but you have to think they're going to sign somebody next year. Could be a, a temporary thing there. Would you be willing to stash him? I would not be willing to stash Laquan Treadwell. I guess he's had four consecutive weeks of decent fantasy production, which is crazy weird. I would say that your draft capital kind of goes away after your first contract, but 
We just saw Cordell Patterson, former first-round pick from the Vikings, kind of have a long-awaited breakout. And Laquan Treadwell, also former first-round pick, a wide receiver by the Vikings. Maybe this is his long-awaited breakout, that is. So I guess if you twisted my arm enough, I would pick up Laquan Treadwell, maybe. Draft capital isn't the end-all, be-all, but it does seem like it's just that get-out-of-jail-free card where if you didn't have that draft capital and you had done the same thing to date you wouldn't get a chance but you at least you were a first round pick i guess we'll give you a shot so when the wide receivers are depleted and laquan treadwell gets to step up i think it's kind of just a things have broken right for him there and the fact that you know they hate chenault for whatever reason Another guy who doesn't have a whole lot of draft capital is Preston Williams. No draft capital. Yeah, by not a lot, <laughs> the lack thereof. But obviously, Waddle will be there next year. Gasecki may be gone. What do you think, Preston Williams? I think Devontae Parker got some weird contract extension too, so he might be there. Um, Preston Williams would not be on my radar, though. It's not even so much that he was undrafted it's the previously torn acl and the kind of checkered injury history if you will of preston williams and lack of love of their quarterback that would have me not necessarily wanting him you know it's hard to make a case for some of these real lower guys but that that's basically the case against him for sure checkered lack of draft capital but yeah i have a hard time holding on to him especially if any of the previously mentioned guys are available there Two guys that didn't quite meet that 20% threshold as far as our recording here was Juwan Jennings and Zay Jones. I think I like both of them as a stash better than Preston Williams, but how much do you like either one of them? Do you consider them stashes? I think I might prefer Preston Williams to them just because you got to have something about you that makes you worth holding, right? You either got to be 6'5", like Preston Williams, have had previous production, like Preston Williams kind of did, or draft capital, which obviously he doesn't have. I'm not sure which of the three that Zay Jones has. I think previous production, when Teron Taylor was the quarterback in Buffalo, I think he was the wide receiver one, just by sheer fact of no one else being good that season. Robert Woods, right? Was that Robert Woods? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, might have been, but I know Zay Jones was their leading receiver. Might have also been Kelvin Benjamin days in Buffalo. And then Jawan Jennings, no thanks. Um, these guys, Jawan Jennings and Jay, Zay Jones, have more interest in me at the end of this season, but next season, none, because they're just products of opportunity that won't exist. Jawan Jennings in Trenshire Field, just being the weird wide receiver three, four on San Francisco. I mean, how often did you want to play Kendrick Bourne when he was the wide receiver three on San Francisco? Almost never. So definitely not of any interest to me. Yeah, Juwan Johnson and Juwan Jennings were two guys that I was getting confused mm. often. It, their rookie year. I might have said it wrong. No, no, you didn't. But that's just how I knew who he was because I thought he was Juwan Johnson. <laughs> and this was me trying to figure out whether I liked Marquez Callaway or not. Just in his sophomore year and, you know, has been doing okay recently. But like you said, it's Debo and Ayuk and then a whole bunch of trash right behind it. Maybe Juwan Jennings 
things fits on a taxi deep league deep league stash they didn't like i said there you know they didn't really meet our thresholds this had to be super deep leagues to be a stash i know i've been keeping you here kind of late so i'm going to try to cruise through what would be the tight ends i know we talked about a lot of them as we went 24 deep on our 22 ranks but there you know there's been a a couple guys pop up a couple things happen between then and now so just to transition right to tight end is there anyone specifically you're looking to stash who might be available on a waiver wire somewhere yeah looking pretty far down the list here i like noah gray a lot and as far as handcuffing those onesie positions quarterback well obviously we're playing a lot of super flex Mm -hmm. so not necessarily a onesie position but a position of scarcity nonetheless there's a finite number of starting quarterbacks in the nfl Mm -hmm. there's almost a finite number of starting tight ends in the nfl sure some teams run two three tight end sets occasionally but not typically uh noah gray would be the backup to travis kelsey and kansas city he was a fifth round draft pick this year they really liked him in camp and he's played some this season and been effective in limited opportunity so if kelsey were to go down i think gray would become worth a lot not you know a ton but he would be interesting for sure well your wish might be granted next week as kelsey went to covid ir hopefully he can get out of that but maybe we get to see some at least one of the shades of noah gray i would need that in quite a few leagues i have far too few kelsey shares because of the price that he costs Yep, I have a handful. Most of them are traded for when I'm in a win-now scenario. It's not often I end up with one of them in a draft, just like Waller, who is currently hurt. Do you think Foster Monroe is someone you want to stash for the future? I guess Foster Monroe wouldn't be half bad. He is young enough. Um, Maybe he's proven to be the eventual Waller replacement, a la when... Dallas Goddard kind of sat in the wing for a while behind Ertz. I think you could do a lot worse, namely a lot of those wide receivers than have Foster Murrow on your team. I like it. I was rolling with him in at least one matchup this week, just not having enough tight ends around to make it work. But Albert Okwebunum is another stash that's actually out there in some leagues that you could potentially pick up. Uh, someone I'd like there, uh, him and Kylan Granson. Both of them are ones I've been stashing or picking up when dropped. That, and we mentioned him earlier, Juwan Johnson, three young guys, all three taxi eligible, all three owned between that 20 to 60% percent threshold. Are they stashes for you? Yeah, I like uh, Kylan Granson the most out of that bunch. The uh, SME product, the former battery mate of Shane Bukele. I don't dislike Albert Aquagbanam. He's a Mizzou product. Go Tigers. But he's obviously behind Noah Fant, who's still young, so he would need an injury to use opportunity instead of him leaving town. Um, there's a couple other young guys that I like. Hunter Long with Gesicki without the contract extension could be the replacement in a year. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth having on your team to see until Gesicki gets an extension or they sign someone else. And maybe you could sell high on the hope to someone else that he'll do that. And then Trey McKitty, the third round pick out of Georgia, I believe, it went to the Los Angeles Chargers where they will need a replacement for Jared Cook after the season, presumably as he's 34 going on 58 Hmm. or whatever he actually is exploding into dust any moment maybe it's donald parham Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's trey mckitty again worth keeping him around to figure it out for sure yeah i don't know for sure which one but if i'm gonna stash one of them for me it's been donald parham 
par ham. Oh yeah, par ham. That's right, par ham. Yep, I I always say it wrong. Harrison Bryant, another young guy, got a touchdown tonight with Hooper missing on the COVID IR. Najoku also looking good, but Najoku should be a free agent next year if I remember correctly. So that leaves Harrison Bryant and then Hooper there. So maybe maybe something with Harrison Bryant just depends on how often Hooper gets COVID. Yeah, you'd hope not very frequent on the COVID list, but who knows. A lot of these tight ends I don't think are worth holding that are 30 or 28 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Unless they have significant draft capital, like Hayden Hurst. Mm -hmm. He was a back-end tight end one last year. Former first-round pick by the Baltimore Ravens. In the same class, they took Lamar and Mark Andrews. He went to the Falcons via some trade, I believe, and had a good season and then obviously they got Kyle Pitts and he's been battling a couple minor injuries here and there but if he goes elsewhere I think he's a productive player has some talent so deep league you look on your waiver wire even if it's 0.5 tight end premium are you picking up Eric Ebron Jack Doyle or Cameron Brait or none of them well Cameron Brait is interesting because Tampa Bay but again who knows how long that is gonna stay a thing as I think he's only under contract this year so probably not Cameron Braid and then Jack Doyle is a pass because of age as well and he's just looks older and is slow so it just seems like he's Jason Witten already and then of the three I guess Eric Ebron former top 10 pick by the Detroit Lions had that good year in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck he was semi-productive last year and then they took Pat Fryermuth so perhaps he goes elsewhere like Gerald Everett did this year and figure something out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ebron's supposed to be a free agent there. I have three more tight ends for you here, and then we'll wind down. We have Jacob Harris, James O'Shaughnessy, and Josiah DeGuara. Huh, Josiah DeGuara, James O'Shaughnessy, and then which one was the third? Jacob Harris, and he's the UCF kid that went to the Rams, I believe, if memory serves. Mm -hmm. Higby got an extension that was pointed out to me by... A dear friend currently on the show with me. <laughs> and then they have some other tight end behind him, Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. Mm -hmm. Also mid-round pick. So he's kind of in that weird, is he the tight end cuff to have? Potentially was drafted as one of those hybrid wide receiver tight end guys and weren't quite sure where they were going to want him at. And with Wood tearing his ACL, it's been Beckham and Cooper Cup. Beckham probably gone after the season. So it'll be Cooper Cup and Woods coming off an ACL, maybe Ben Skaronic, Tutu Atwell. There's just a plethora of weapons and murkiness, Van Jefferson there. I'd be hard-pressed to keep Jacob Harris around. He's currently someone who's IR eligible, so he's slid onto a couple of mine. But then again, as soon as somebody goes on a COVID IR, he's one of the first ones getting pushed off. But extremely fast for how big he is. Yep, he's got that good athleticism. And I guess James O'Shaughnessy, 29 and not under contract next year. Mm -hmm. Probably another Tyler Eifert situation for the Jags. They just get rid of him and he becomes nothing. So of the three that were James O'Shaughnessy, Jacob Harris, and someone else, Josiah DeGuara, I guess I like Jacob Harris the most. Although now that I say Josiah DeGuara's name out loud, I think he might be the clear option because Robert Tunyon was on that restricted free agent tender like Lazard was. 
And then they have Mercedes Lewis, who is the only first-round pick that Rodgers has ever thrown a touchdown to. But he's also 34-35, so I, I guess Josiah DeGuaro could become the tight end of the future in Green Bay. Give me him. Like it. Names O'Shagged me is going to be good for the rest of the season, I think. He's been getting a bunch of targets for a bunch of weeks in a row, even if P. Law isn't throwing for a whole bunch of yards or anything. He's been getting enough work, especially in like a tight end premium league where at least he's in the tight end streaming conversation. Jacob Harris, I purely like him on athletic upside if things broke right. There were like little things in the offseason, like he's looking good. He's getting a lot of first team reps when Higby was missing. Josiah DeGuara, they drafted him instead of drafting anything else that the Packers needed after taking love when they had Rodgers. It was just, this was just a, an awesome draft. They At least they got A.J. Dillon, even though it was an overpay at that time, even though he looks like he's pretty decent. But in a deep league, especially if it's like one of these full point tight end premium leagues that you can flex tight ends in, he's taxi eligible. I've stashed him in a handful of places there. Yeah, definitely. He's got mid-round capital, which a ton of tight ends get, right? A ton of blocking tight ends will go in the third round every year and become absolutely nothing. Like Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene were fourth round picks, but it Patriots and just became nothing. A ton of guys will do that, but this is one that has at least gotten an opportunity to play, has a great quarterback, and not a ton of competition. Yep, and when you've got a, a great team, it makes it easier to be awesome. That's what we have here with Sleeper Wire, a whole team of awesome dudes. You're in the same chat with me, with all the friends there. I put out the the bat signal in the sky asking, what's something else I could say other than stash or trash that's witty? Might be Chris Christmas related. I tried to mention a handful of them here on the show, but a couple that I didn't get to there. Saver or waver, precious or precarious, and replenish or relinquish. All very creative. Told you guys I would mention it, and there it is there for you there. Best gift I got all year was the opportunity to produce these shows and then the opportunity to have the show here with you, Henry. Appreciate you. You always come prepared. Always have a lot of the the details that you know i don't have in front of me you have them right off the top of your head you're like an encyclopedia man super appreciative to have you on the show here with me well thank you yeah some of those colleges and draft capital rounds i don't know how a lot of those come to mind maybe i get one or two wrong occasionally but it's not like i'm reading off a list it's just really pride myself on watching a lot of these prospects and remembering things because i've seen them so many times that it just kind of comes to the top of mind when i'm talking about them when i edit too i'll check and see and a lot of times you're just you're just nailing it man you do an awesome job super appreciative of you and if these listeners wanted to get a hold of you where can they find you uh at clairvoyance ff on twitter and at clairvoyance on the sleeper app yeah, want to start up some leagues this off season, or have some questions about you know particular players or deals or something? Feel free to send them my way. Hopefully, we're not in the same league together. There you go. Then it's not fair. <laughs> I'm at Iowa in the NFL. You can follow every update for this show on at Sleeperwire Show on Twitter, on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts. They're all over the place. Follow them. You're going to get all these shows added into your feed. You hop on their Twitter. You're going to find all the amazing articles and content they have to share with you. You know, you need help on Start Sit on Sunday throughout the season. You know, they're there with the Blitz. Got questions you want to send in they've got the mailbag they've got a little bit of everything for all of you 
Until then, happy holidays, and thank you for hanging with us. Peace out. Bada boom.